Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the dynamic Joe Fordyce. We have a fun podcast today featuring a very special interview with Zach McEwen, our very own Taron Hatcher, when sat down one-on-one with Zach uh, to talk about his playing style and all types of things Flyers. So we'll have that in the podcast, but of course, we will also be looking at what the Flyers are going through right now uh, with March heating up. The trade deadline is on the 21st, and the team continues to pick up really tough, gut-wrenching losses. Uh, Joe, the latest uh, 5-4 loss to the Wild, in which they blew a 4-3 lead. Two days before that, they lost to the Oilers, 3-0, shut out. Joe, where do you think this team is in terms of frustration level, um, focused, Obviously, the management is totally focused on next season, but the players, the roster, where do you think things are right now for this group? Well, I think you saw it come out last night after the uh, Jonas Brodeen goal that put the Wild ahead. You kind of saw Hart giving his defenseman a look and and vice versa, and there was some miscommunication and screens and all kinds of stuff that happened on that goal. Um, And... You don't, you don't love to see that sort of body language on the ice, uh, and you definitely saw it after that goal, and I, I think that kind of sums up where this team is right now. Um, I think everybody is at kind of at a loss. Um, like what They're kind of wondering what they are right now. They don't know what their identity is. Um, every game, it's something different. There's a low-scoring, uh, you know, they, they have trouble scoring against Edmonton. And then last night they put in a bunch of goals and then they can't keep Minnesota off the board. Um, so it seems to be a um, – every game there seems to be a different kind of poison that is um, – that trickles down through this roster. And, um, you know, uh, last night in particular and, – and last night, I, I don't know about if your takeaway was the same as uh, Jordan, but – Last night was the angriest and most animated I've seen Mike Yo since he took the job with what he said after the game. Um, he clearly was unhappy. He said they weren't good all game. And he basically said the turnover started from the drop of the puck, which they did. Um, you saw Provorov with a rough turnover on the one goal. Um, you know, it, it, and they were happening throughout the game. I mean, truthfully, Minnesota could have scored eight or eight or nine goals last night, and it wouldn't have taken much more effort than what they did. Um, Carter Hart just made some stops. Uh, there were a lot of turnovers, a lot of sloppy play, and I feel like that's what happens when teams feel when the ball starts starts rolling downhill on a team. I just feel like everybody plays like they're anticipating the next thing that's going to go wrong, and who's going to make the next mistake. Uh, individually, guys are anticipating the next wrong move they're going to make. And I kind of feel like that's where this team is right now. Um, And it's almost this feeling of, and it's the feeling I get watching them, and I'm sure you do too, is um, no matter what this team can't do, at times it feels like anything right. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. 
and you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Yeah, it, it really does. And Joe, I agree with you. Mike Yo was certainly, that was one of his more, I thought, animated and emotional press conferences. He's done a good job of striking a balance between staying positive and knowing when to criticize. You have to when you're dealing with the situation that the Flyers are in. I mean, they're 16, 28, and 10. That's 16 wins, 38 losses. So you have to, you like, you can't lambast these guys and, and freak out after every loss, but you do need to pick and choose spots. And you could tell he was frustrated with that loss. Understandably so. Crucial turnovers, that was all self-inflicted, all of it. Uh, a 4-3 lead goes into a 5-4 a deficit within 25 seconds. And there was a brutal turnover by Ivan Provorov on the game-tying goal. Uh, they, the Flyers couldn't clear the zone on the go-ahead goal for the Wild. Uh, these, these are things that um, can be prevented if a team is a little more composed, a little more confident, and, and, and is a winning team, and the Flyers are not a winning team. So you see winning teams, like the Wild, a team that's in a playoff spot, make uh, winning plays, and you see a losing team, what Mike Yo said, crumbled when adversity hit. And that, that was his quote, as adversity struck, we crumbled. And that was Mike Yo saying it as it is, good for him. That's exactly what happened. Uh, yeah, you yeah, Joe. It's, it's at the point where you're, you're right. Uh, you're expecting something bad to happen in the third period. Yeah, and I would just say, I, I was about to bring up the quote you just referred to. Um, that, that to me, sounds like he's, I mean, questioning the character of the team. I mean, adversity hits and we crumble. He has not said anything like that since he took over. And I know last night when we were running that on postgame, we all had the same reaction, like, wow. Um, there's no two ways about it. I mean, he, he, he really laid it on the line after the game last night and questioned what this team was all about right now. And, um, you know, it, it, it was surprising. Um, I don't know that I would call it refreshing because it's not like in order for it to be refreshing, I feel like there has to be an opportunity for this team to do something for it to be refreshing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they can go get wins and all, but obviously, as you said, this is, a, this is about next season and, and it's about the future. So, you know, I kind of felt like what he did last night kind of just piled on to the rest of the stuff from this season, but it was, it was, um, there is something good about seeing a guy that you're not used to doing that. Just kind of lay it all out there uh, and just, you know, and, and not sugarcoat things. And he just certainly did not do that last night. Yeah. Instead of saying the same things over and over again, like that would just get boring and repetitive and just like, what's the point of this? If he's just going to say the same stuff, Oh, we need to be better. But no, Mike, you was very, um, articulate. He, he and he, and he's been very honest either way, uh, good or bad. He knows when to be positive, knows when to be negative, and I got to give credit to that. He's very interesting after every single game. Uh, when a lot of the games are similar losses, where they're blowing a lead or falling short in crunch time, and that's what is kind of 
it kind of amazes me a little bit. There's been a number of games with this team, especially when it was not as healthy as it is. It's it's gotten healthier. Obviously, they're still missing crucial pieces, but when it's even before it got healthier, there was times where I would go into these games where they're playing a top team in the division or a top team in the league, and I'm like, they have no business being in this game, and I have a feeling it could get out of hand. And then boom, they're they're in the game in the third period. It's either they have a lead or it's a tie game. And I'm like, wow, like kudos to Mike Yo. Like he is getting them to play hard and getting them to believe they can win. And they're actually in these games. I found it very interesting, Joe, going into this game. The Wild have 30 plus wins. They're in a playoff spot. Flyers, 16 wins, far from a playoff spot. Flyers were actually better in their last 10 games than Minnesota coming in. Minnesota was 3-7-0. The Flyers were 3-5-2. And And that showed me that the Flyers had made some progress. (laughs) They were making some progress. Mike Yo has them playing more structured, um, has them in games. So they had made progress uh, to the point where they were better than the Wild in the last 10 games. Uh, So that said, said a little something to me. And Mike Yo even said it at practice the other day. He said he didn't want to take any solace in the fact that they're they're in games and that they're close to beating good teams. He said it's at the point where it should piss the Flyers off that they're not winning more games. And he was pretty, you know, animate there, uh, animated. Excuse me, he was pretty animated there too about like it should really tick us off that we're not winning games now because we've been in too many games to this point. It, it, that's that's a recurring theme that they're actually in games. The next step should be actually winning. Uh, and it's a shame because they were really close to winning on Thursday night against a team that's in the that's fighting for a playoff spot. But Joe, if you can think of any positives, we obviously hit on a lot of negatives. It's been a negative season. Uh, that would be sh- probably sugarcoating it to be quite honest. Any positives that you've seen over the last two games um, as the Flyers continue this eight-game homestand? I, I would say I, I thought R- Rasmus Ristolainen played a really good game last night. Um, he made he, he made several plays that um, prevented offensive opportunities. Um, he was a physical presence. Uh, he's always a physical presence, but um, I really thought his play stood out. And I'm, I'm uh, you know you wonder what the future holds for Rasmus and this team. Um, but I do think that he is subtly – he I mean, he's still playing hard, and he's out there. He's he's battling for his teammates. And, uh, you know, like I said, he's making he, – he made several good plays last night. So I, I was impressed with his play last night. Um, you know, uh, and, and I thought it was a positive to see Konechny score a goal yeah. and, uh, and, and go to the goal-scoring areas like he did on the goal that he scored. Because I know the Edmonton game we were – you know, everybody was kind of all over him about the opportunity where he, I mean, it seemed obvious that he should have shot the puck and he tried to pass it into traffic and, you know, it ended up in, with nothing. Um, so it was good to see him score a goal as well. So those would be my, definitely my couple of positive takeaways for me. That's good stuff. Yeah. With Rasmus Ristolainen, and I found it very interesting, Joe, that in Tuesday's game, the three nothing loss to the Oilers, he played more minutes than Ivan Provorov, and so did Travis Sanheim, which I, I honestly can't remember the last time Provorov didn't lead the Flyers' defense in minutes in a game. If I had to think about it, it was a while ago when I think he had like 10 or so penalty minutes, so he was in the box, and um, I, I think that would maybe be the last time. But 
really, it just never happens. And I thought that was, wow, you know, Mike Yo really trusted Ristolainen and, and Sanheim, that pair, to go out there and play bigger minutes than Ivan Provorov. Uh, maybe it's also Mike Yo trying to take a little a little bit off of Ivan Provorov's shoulders. I think he's wearing a lot on his back right now. Losing is starting to bother him. And I think the frustrations of the season, his play and the team's play, is kind of starting to show on the ice. Would you agree with that, Joe, about Provorov? Yeah, I would say he, more than anybody, kind of encapsulates what I talked about earlier about guys playing, anticipating the next thing that they're going to do wrong. Um, because this is not the kind of player he is. He's not the – I mean, every game, it seems like every single game he makes a turnover that we're all like, what is going on? And that only can be described by a guy who I, I kind of – and these guys are totally different players, so I'm not comparing the players. But it's almost like how Shane Gostisbehere, when he was on this team, remember how his, his confidence was so crucial in how he played. I'm starting to feel like Ivan Provorov, I'm not saying he's as teetery with the confidence, but I'm starting to see similarities in that the confidence is low, so bad plays come along with the confidence being low. And, um, you know, because we're just seeing some, I mean, frankly, inexplicable play from Provorov, and we're seeing it almost every game. Um, a guy that maybe doesn't trust his game, doesn't trust what he's going to do next, and as I said, anticipating the next thing that's going to go wrong for him in his game and not only just the team. Yeah, it's puzzling. It really is. Because you're just so used to seeing him be durable and consistent. Uh, everyone's going to make a mistake from time to time, but it seems like you're seeing mistakes come from Provrov more than anybody else. Um, so, yes, it is. It, it's, it makes you scratch your head a little bit. I'm sure it has Mike Yo and the coaching staff thinking long and hard about what they can do to help him and how they can help him help the team uh, because there's been times where he's hurt the team. Uh, it's just as honest as you can be. He has hurt the team in times um, to the point where, yeah, he even played fewer minutes than Bristol line and Sanaheim the other game. And uh, maybe that just shows you how much they need Ryan Ellis and how much pro Rob needs, you know, uh, a, a, a top pair guy with them. Justin Braun's played really well really steady alongside Pro Rob this year. He's turned into, obviously, a very clear-cut trade chip for the Flyers, uh, a, t a guy that teams are going to want at the deadline. But I think he would even admit, at this stage of his career, he's not a top-pair defenseman. He's probably better suited in a second- or third-pair role. So Pro Rob, certainly, I think it's been shown that he, he needs someone on his side That's that a, a bona fide top guy to make him a top guy, too. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm-mm. 
Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. But Joe, let's get into our Zach McEwen interview with our very own Taryn Hatcher, a very fun player who was claimed off waivers this year, and I think he's carving out a role in uh, the Flyers lineup next season. I think he's been a guy that uh, fans have really enjoyed. Let's get into that interview. Flyers fans, we hope you enjoy. All right, Zach, so starting with what the conversation, I'm sure everybody always wants to start with, with you. Uh, drop in the gloves. It's, I think you have seven fights in 51 games as a Flyer, and some of them are against Chara or Tom Wilson the other night. Is there anybody you won't fight? <laughs> uh. I mean, no, not really. Uh, I, you know, the different situations call for you know different times of games, and uh, you know it's something that you know, I don't mind doing. And I'll always step up and answer the bell, if, you know, if I have to. And um, I think it's just part of my game, and you know, it's something I'm not going to get rid of. It's also something that Flyers fans here have kind of. That's it, Joe. That's there you go. Can you? Brutal timing. Joe. I know. I'm gonna give him so much shit for that. Okay. Um, back to the fighting. It's something that Flyers fans here have been kind of hungry for for a long time. It's a big part of Flyers identity as far as their legacy goes, but it's not something that fans have seen a lot of over the past few years. What's the kind of response you feel like you get when you're at home, you're at the Wells Fargo Center, and, and you're willing to just go at it? Oh, I feel the love for sure. Uh, you know, the fans here are great. Like, you know, ever since I got here, I just, you know, remember that feeling of, you know, the first time, uh, you know, fighting in, in that rink, and just the absolute, you know, electric energy coming from the fans, and um, you know, people reaching out to me on social media, you know, and, you know, just with well wishes. And, you know, I, I see all that stuff and, you know, I appreciate that from the fans a lot. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's the kind of player I am and, uh, you know, they deserve, you know, the best every night and, you know, they're, they're paying to watch those games. So, you know, I want to, you know, do something that's going to be memorable for them and, um, you know, makes them deserve, you know, that support I get. Is there a way that you train for that aspect of your game because we've seen you over at practice a few times like teaching other guys and us up in the writers room get a a good giggle out of watching you teach some of the smaller guys how to maybe square up but how do you prepare for that aspect of your game I guess yeah I mean you know there's you know you can train it just like anything else any other part of hockey you know in the summer you do some boxing and you know you do um, you know just some different drills and stuff to um, you know kind of you know, just get a good feel for, you know, throwing punches and, and uh, you know, trying to avoid getting hit in the face, I guess. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, no, those, you know, when you see that in practice, it's just, you know, some guys just want, you know, want to learn stuff and in case the opportunity ever arises, you know, you want to know what to do. And, you know, there's just little things to think about that you can, that you can do during a fight that, you know, not everybody might know, but, you know, might help you, you know, get the upper hand on someone or even just protect yourself a little more. I only have a few more questions about fighting. I promise we'll actually talk about hockey. Um, is what what goes through your mind as you're getting ready to basically saddle up and go at it with somebody? Do you black out? Are you totally in the moment? <laughs> no, big nod from you. Completely black out. <laughs> really? No, yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know what happened until after. Pretty much. That's yeah, hilarious. Kind of just you see red, and um, you know, just whatever happens happens. I think is 
kind of the way I've always done it. <laughs> uh, is there any particular fight that sticks with you where you're like, that one really hurt, or I'm really proud of that performance? <laughs> Most of them end up hurting, <laughs> like after the fact. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, you know, there's, you know, there's always some good, some good fights that, you know, you're happy with. There's some, you know, some not so good ones that you're not happy with, but, you know, anything can happen in a fight. So, you know, to come out with your eyes open and, and you know, skating off under your own, uh, under your own power is, you know, is a win. So I think. Uh when we talk about the fourth line with this team, there's been a lot of moving parts, guys, in and out. You've kind of been the main constant, though, especially as the line has established kind of a bigger, more physical identity, which is something Mike Yo has absolutely sung, you know, your praises, Isaac Ratcliffe's praises, whether it's Bonneman or now Patrick Brown coming in. Uh, how do you see that line? How do you guys feel like, let me rephrase this question here. What is it that you're trying to establish out there? Because obviously it's, it's tough when you're a fourth liner and you're not seeing as much ice time to go out and consistently try to play with that identity. Yeah, so, you know, you want to build momentum for the team. Um, you know, you want to be a reason why you're bringing energy to the team and not taking it away. So, you know, it's doing little things and, um, you know, just, just creating opportunities, get, getting the puck in the ozone, having a good shift down there. You know, obviously, you know, it's it's a tough league to score in, and, you know, everybody knows that, especially, you know, if you're not getting, like, a whole lot of ice. So, uh, you know, I think it's just, just being being reliable for the coaches that, you know, they want you out there. Um, you know, you want to give energy to, to the guys on the bench and, and, you know, just try to help the team any way you can. At what point and how do you feel like you were able to figure out playing that role, being a guy who can come in and instantly inject physicality and energy at what point in your career do you feel like you figured out how to work that role um probably when i realized that i wasn't gonna score goals every night in the nhl uh you know a lot of a lot of guys that played fourth lines in the nhl you know they were you know always skilled guys growing up and you know on their club teams they played in through junior um you know once you realize that you know, this is how you're going to make a living, and I think that's how I realized it. Um, you know, how I'm going to stay in the NHL and how I'm going to, you know, be a contributor to a team. Um, once I found that out, you know, I, you know, that's I'm more than willing to do that. And you know, I get to play hockey every day for a living, and I love it. So it's, uh, you know, you can't complain about that. Was that something that was difficult for you to embrace at all, or no? Uh, no, not really. I mean. Of course, you know, you'd love to score goals every night. You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's just the, the competitive nature of hockey players wanting to, you know, always, you know, contribute, score goals, and produce points. Um, but there is, you know, within the game of hockey, there's a, there's a large role for, you know, guys like me and guys, you know, that grind it out and, uh, you know, are good around the room and, and, you know, try to bring energy to the team and, you know, be a positive teammate. Um, I think there's, you know, a huge role for, for a lot of guys on teams like that. When did you realize you could be like a big body physical guy? Because I'd read an article that said that for a while you were like 5'9 and smaller side of, of things and then just had a massive growth spurt. When do you feel like you changed your game to have that kind of tone? Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I grew, you know, pretty late. Uh, I think, you know, it's probably one of the reasons I was never drafted or anything. But, um, you yeah, know, I mean, when I 20-year-old year when I was playing junior, um, you know, I realized that I was, you know, I was scoring goals and, you know, I was playing physical and um, I was using the physicality to, you know, create room for myself and, um, you know, it was giving me success. So, 
I think, uh, you know, kind of once I put that all together um, and then coming into the American League the next year and, and, you know, trying to figure that out against, you know, pros, um, I think, you know, that first year pro is really when I uh, figured that out. I had a lot of help through the coaching staff and my American League team there too that was, you know, leading me in the right direction and, and telling me, you know, ways I'm going to have success in the league. And then finally, what has this adjustment to Philly been like for you? Obviously, I know we talked off camera about how lovely Vancouver is as a city, and I'm from here, so I think Philly's beautiful in its yeah. own way. But yeah. adjusting to the city and the team, obviously there's been struggles, but how have you navigated that? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Vancouver, like like you said, it's a beautiful place, you know, great, great place to live. Um, you know, also I'm Canadian too, so... That was another part of it, but um, you know, coming down here, everybody was, you know, everybody, especially on the team, was so good to me. Uh, it was a really easy transition, you know, coming into the team, which I think just made things easier, kind of transitioning to, into into you know into Philly's you know the city life too. So uh, no, I think it was I think it was a smooth transition. You know, I'm I'm extremely happy to be here. I love it here, and um, you know, it's uh, I think it's a great fit for me. Flyers Talk is brought to you by Great Railing. Stop into Great Railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing, decking, and fencing needs. Great stuff there from Taryn Hatcher and Flyers winger Zach McEwen. Joe, I think McEwen's really starting to make himself at home here. I think he enjoys it here. I think fans enjoy himself here. Next year, uh, or in the offseason, excuse me, he can be a restricted free agent. Uh, I think the team hopes to keep him. Hopes to keep him and thinks he can be a fourth-line guy here on a competitive contending team. What have you thought about McEwen's play this season? Well, I think I think he's shown himself to be a really good teammate. Um, you even saw it last night. He's in there and he's winning puck battles. He's sticking up for teammates, as we've seen all uh, all season. Um, he's not, you know, and, and self-admittedly, you heard him talk in the interview, he's not a, a guy who possesses this outrageous amount of offensive skill, but he knows that. He knows exactly who he is as a player. Um, and he does, he, he plays to his strengths and his strengths are, as you said, being a fourth liner, going in there, grinding, being hard to play against and sticking up for his teammates and occasionally getting the offensive opportunity, which we've seen, he's always around the net and a guy that wins puck battles and is always around the net, I think always has a role in this league, um, for a team. So, I would say he's definitely carved himself out a role, and you hear him in the interview talk about glowingly about Philadelphia. So he obviously likes being here, and I think I think it was a good find for the Flyers, and I, I do think he'll be with the team going forward for sure. Absolutely, and it's funny you look at his stat sheet for the season. He's five points. He hasn't he doesn't play over ten minutes a game, but like he's constantly noticeable, and not just noticeable by like a big hit or a fight. Like there's a shift here and there, Joe, where he does something really good offensively, you know, in the offensive zone where he's making a play along the boards or, like you said, constantly going to the net. Like, I notice him every game, and I just yeah. feel like that's, you know. You definitely like, notice him, and again, yeah. like, this team, I feel like this team this year has lacked guys that go into the corners and win puck battles, yeah. and he is not one of them. He goes into the corner and wins puck battles. The trouble is he's on the fourth line. The fourth yeah. line is not the line you look to for scoring. So I think possibly if you have him through an offseason and a training camp and maybe his style of play and his willingness to go into those areas that are not fun to go into and win puck battles and do these sort of things, maybe that can be infectious to the rest of the team. 
Um, and you know that I think that's winning battles along the wall. That's how you wear other teams down playing that that style. And and you know he's never ever shown like you said he's noticeable every single game. And I think guys that are noticeable every game are you know always have a place for teams in this league. Absolutely, and it doesn't hurt that he likes to fight and likes to stand up for teammates. And there's there's still a role for that in this in this league. There 100% is. You look at all the good teams. They all have a guy that's a fearless fighter or a guy that's willing to drop the gloves um, at the drop of a hat. So, And Zach McEwen's that, one of those guys. And you think about it, if the Flyers can't bring back Rasmus Ristolainen, that's a massive physical presence, an agitator that's gone, makes McEwen probably even more important because he is – he is fearless. He will fight, and um, that stuff is still needed. And one thing I've liked about Zach McEwen and my time around him is he is constantly, like, always one of the first guys on the ice and one of the first guys to leave it. Like, he's a rink rat. He's just really down-to-earth guy that likes to work hard. But really, he he's always one of, like, the first two, three guys on the ice, if not the first, for practice. And he's one of the, always, like, the last ones to leave it, whether it be warm-ups in a game or extra work after practice. Just a guy that puts his head down, likes to work, likes to do things to get better. Um, says a lot about, you know, a player that's hasn't played a ton of games in this league, a little over 100 games in this league, and he's still looking to get better. Real nice, you know, nice find by the Flyers on waivers uh, at the beginning, towards the beginning of the season. So great stuff from Taron Hatcher with Zach McEwen. And, Jordan, I should mention last night when the Flyers entered the building wearing the uh... – high school jerseys from the Flyers Cup, uh, uh, the upcoming Flyers Cup participants. Uh, he was he was wearing my alma mater, uh, Springfield Delco jersey, Zach McEwen was wearing, which I noticed in some of the photos that the Flyers posted. So he was rocking the Springfield Cougars, uh, Delaware County uh, representing. Joe, that's awesome. I, I saw yeah. McEwen, but I didn't know which jersey he was wearing. Like I couldn't decipher it, but that's really funny. I didn't know it was Springfield. That's great. Yeah, yeah. They'll go proud. Representing. <laughs> that was really cool by the Flyers to do that. And uh, it was cool to see all the local teams. Like, obviously, you could point a lot of them out. So, very cool. That's awesome stuff. Joe Fores, thank you so much, as always. Uh, can't wait to see you and chat with you. Uh, we'll we'll be back at it uh, next week. Flyers still have two more home games on this homestand. So, plenty to cover and plenty to evaluate. But, Joe, thank you so much, as always. A major thank you. To Ben Barry, our podcast producer and guru. Big thanks to Taryn and Zach McEwen for having that great interview for us. And of course, Flyers fans, as always, thank you for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. Wherever you get your podcasts, please rate and listen, and we can't wait to talk to you next time.